From Relay FM, this is the Pan Addict, episode 440. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by my friend, my compadre, Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello. Brad the Broken. I, I decided from, uh, to take the yeah. energy down as I introduced <laughs> you today and come and meet you on this level. <laughs> it's a uh, it, it's a clown show over here, Mike, mm-hmm. and uh, I am the ringleader. So, how's it going with you? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Do you want to give an update to all listeners? Uh, yeah, know, we know you've been a, a one-armed boy <laughs> for a bit. This has turned into the worst recurring podcast segment in the history of podcasting, um, where Brad talks about his his broken wrists. So people um, know how yeah, you are. I I know I I really appreciate that. And a lot of people have been reaching out, and um, so I had my cast cut off on Monday to do the review. It'd been four weeks, so they want to X-ray it, see how it's healing, and then decide the path to take. And they decided it's not healing well enough, or fast enough, or I'm overdoing it. So I'm in a. I didn't have to get another cast, but I got this really like tricked out molded brace. So I can actually remove it to take a shower, but otherwise it's on, you know, 24-7. Um, very firm like a cast. It's 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 kind of sick looking. I like it. Um, but still, it just means that I'm like looking at three months to get in my wrist back to normal instead of what we were hoping for two months mm-hmm. so it's just been that was a that was a bit of a disappointment i'm not gonna lie i was yeah. a little bit down about that whole thing i feel like i can like, take a guess as to which one of the three things <laughs> is the reason why it's not healing you know the the doctor was i i I think it was a little bit of a a backhanded statement, you know, when he was saying, you know, which one of those things. And he said, you know, when he said the overworking it or overdoing it, which I'm assuming is what you're Mm -hmm. referring to. um, He said, well, he goes to, to the effect of, well, looking at you, I don't think you're out there taking down a 12 point buck and dressing it out in the woods. And I didn't know whether to take offense to that or. (laughs) And also. What a weird, I mean, maybe this is a, a, a thing that happens in the South of America, but what a very strange thick comparison to make. I was like, am I offended right now? I'm not sure how to take this. <laughs> maybe I was, I mean, buddy. I feel like you, you know, if you wanted to, if that was it, your bag, you could, you could do that. I don't really understand what... Did he look like he could shoot no. a 12-pound buck and do whatever it was he said? It was kind of funny, so yeah. That was a whole deal. But anyway, um, yeah, we're we're not healing fast. Um, fast enough for me, so we're just going to suck it up, buttercup. We're going to ride this brace for a month, and then we'll go back again, get an x-ray again, see how we're healing then, and then maybe ramp down to a even smaller brace but uh it's going to be longer than initially anticipated then no matter what this guy says one thing stop hunting is is important (laughs) second you've just gotta you just you just have to look after it now like you have to baby that thing over the next two months there's no if ands or buts about it no more testing out fountain pens right like none of it you've got it you just gotta like it's you know it's yeah. a bad thing now it's a it's a bad like uh break in time couldn't think of a better word i'm sorry uh no. for you at the moment 
but this is the time you take now to ensure a better future for it. And if you don't yeah. do that, you're going to end up with a longer-term problem. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's still, like, completely convinced it's going to heal fine, mm-hmm. and in the, in the end, we're going to be good. It's just going to be longer to get there than I had anticipated and they had anticipated. So Yeah, but don't forget, it's still not the surgery route, which was one of the two routes before, so... Yes, so that's good. But like, I knew as soon as they cut the cast off how bad it hurt. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a bad report. Oh, really? <laughs> I could tell pretty quickly. I was like, oh, wow, that really hurts. Huh. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So, so I guess mm-hmm. you could just feel that once the support was gone, yep, it, it was too painful. Yep, yep. All right, let's put me in a better mood. I want to talk about stationary stuff. Yeah, let's this is let's talk about something that happened like quite literally just after um, our episode went out last time. Uh, Field Notes released their winter edition. Uh, it's called Snowy Evening. This is you when we you know we always talk about the um, the edition numbers, the version numbers. And this one's interesting because it's capped at 99,999 single notebooks, which is significant for them. But there's a very good reason for that. Do you want to explain what makes the, the snowy evening such a, a unique um, uh, yeah. proposition? Yeah. So the idea behind the snowy evening is that, you know, no two snowflakes are alike so they basically got with someone who wrote a computer program to manufacture 999,999 individual snowflakes to be printed on 99,999 individual field notes covered covers which were then individually numbered of 99,999 <laughs> So, like, there's literally that many unique mm-hmm. books of this edition, and yep. it kind of blows my mind. Like, I yep. don't know how they did this. Like, I'm very impressed with this edition. These last two editions, number one, did this seem like it came out, like, very fast, like, hot on the heels of the last it issue? It does like feel two like months. it did, which that makes me... I mean, I haven't been planning it. I haven't been watching it properly. I could assume yeah. that that means that the fall edition was maybe a little little later than normal. Yeah, and you definitely want to get this edition out before Christmas, right? You just yes. have to. Right, yes. so... I mean, I I'm assume sure that-, that most of their winters come out before Christmas anyway, so they can they can get into stockings. Yep. Um. So this one is super interesting. The way that they did it is uh, they had a, an artist, Brendan Dawes, who created an algorithm to draw these one shy of 100,000 different snowflake patterns. And it's kind of fun now because I know enough about this kind of stuff now, like to be dangerous. And I was like, well, this must be digital printed. There's no other way they could have done it. And I looked Mm -hmm. through and they said, yes, it's digitally printed. Uh, What I like is that they said it was, what did I say, next generation digital printing or something like that, (laughs) which was funny to me because it's like, it's okay, guys. Like digital printing's okay. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. to sell it to me that much, you know, like, because I could feel for them, like there's so much in that world of, you know, it all being printed in these beautiful old fashioned techniques but mm-hmm. there's just absolutely no way that they could have done this with a more traditional printing method and make it cost effective by any any way because you'd have to create 100,000 plates which yep. 
I mean, it's that madness, absolute madness. So that you know, that's how they did it. What did they call it? A next generation digital press with white ink. So you know, and look, I've I've experienced lots of digital print and stuff, and I'll tell you right now, it's fantastic these days. And people yeah. would never know oh, the difference. Um, but I understand for them, it's like it's not digital printing methods are not necessarily part of the overall brand of field notes. Um, you know, because like, you know, their whole thing is like saving the traditional letterpress, which is like a great thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great, you know, because it's, it's just funny that their last edition was celebrating letterpress, right? Like United States of letterpress. Right. And then they went to digital. Which again, not a problem, but it's just it's just like a funny little thing to me. So I think this is a very, very clever edition and rounds out what we were expecting, which is that this is probably the best year they've had in a in a while they've i would say that all four of their books this year were were qu- were quite good i wouldn't say that there was one in there where it's like oh man i would i wouldn't want to use that so i think it yeah and just to to have snowy evening and the united states of letterpress back to back at the 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 technical challenges between yeah. those that's yeah. the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night just thinking about other people I don't know having how they to did think it. about this stuff <laughs> yeah. i really don't know how they did that <laughs> because that's that's these are um you know this is why you know we've talked about it for years and years this is why you subscribe and support someone like field notes is because they're going to do the hard thing very very well and impress you you know every step of the way and it's just kind of a it's kind of a perfect addition like just like the last one uh was as well so yeah i i love it they're um on quite a run here recently i love it love to see it yep you love to see it all right let's take our first break and thank expressvpn for their support of this show. The unfortunate truth is that our data isn't always as safe as we would want it to be, no matter who you are, what sites you use. There are attacks that can lead to data leaks. This happens all the time, right? We see this every now... You see it so often, these large companies, they have these issues. You don't want your credit card information, passwords, driver's licenses in the hands of bad people, especially when your data is up is worth so much money, thousands of dollars, uh, on the on the deep web, Brad. You don't you don't mm. want to have your data there. No, like you're super busy already. You don't want to have to worry about bad people, bad actors, trying to get your information while you use your devices. And that is why I use ExpressVPN and recommend that you give it a go too. ExpressVPN is an app that funnels your data through a secure encrypted tunnel. So no matter what device you use, you can have peace of mind every single time you use the internet. It's just, you know, there are some stuff that we can't stop, you know, like some information like that you have to give, you can't uh, do anything about it, right? Like these companies have it, this information you have to give them. So isn't it just a good idea that whenever you can just use something a little bit more secure, do that. It just like lowers your overall risk, which is, I think is a great thing. It gives you that peace of mind. The ExpressVPN app connects with just one click. It's super fast. And the best part is it works on up to five devices simultaneously. So with ExpressVPN, you and your whole family can stay protected. I have been using ExpressVPN way over a year now. Uh, I find it to just be super fast, super simple. It's very easy to use. I have it everywhere I need it. So it's always there just to click away. Protect yourself with ExpressVPN, the VPN rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless other outlets. And if you visit expressvpn.com slash penaddict right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict right now to learn more and sign up. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
Mike, we had a retro 51 pauper palooza happen since last week. My word. <laughs> that, that's, that's an accurate way to put this. What is happening here? Like, can, can you explain what's happening here? This company was supposed to go here. away, but they seem to refuse it. <laughs> I don't know why they told everyone if they just were just going to have like more releases in the one-year period than they've ever had before. I would, that's ex- the exact measurement I was thinking about. Is like, is this the most releases in a single year ever? Like, maybe it just feels that way because we're like overly paying attention to it. But that's what it feels like. Like, who knows? But this is crazy. So, four new Retro Fifty One Tornadoes came out yesterday. The Jim Connor edition, mm-hmm. the the Retro Racing edition. It's it's really cool, really cool pinstripe looking barrels. Um, very very neatly designed. The Retro Fifty One Stardust, which is your unicorn and rainbows glow in the dark Lisa Frank, you know, type of model, which looks great. The Retro Fifty One Who, which is theoretically about Bigfoot, at least according to the outside of the package. But it's, you know, it's got an owl on the finial, so it's kind of a, you know, the outdoorsy um, etched brass kind I of I wonder look. if, like, if you look hard enough, if there is, like, there is a... Oh, yeah, Bigfoot's there. If you look at it, if you zoom in on it, it's, mm-hmm. um you know, the, the, the old footage of, like, the Bigfoot looking at the camera? It's it's yeah. that. But you like have to really zoom in on the image to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. So I figured it was in there somewhere. And then the last one, the Retro 51 Keystone, which is the Mount Rushmore edition where they do all of the etchings and the, you know, the shapes of the um, the presidents on, on Mount Rushmore, which is like one of those classic designs that Retro 51 does so well. This one is dedicated to police officers which feels like a well, just a weird thing to do right now. No, the no, that's the last one. So that one I think is in there accidentally. That one's from like 2 years ago. Oh, okay. The shield. So yeah, the shield. So that, that one's just accidentally accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like about two years old. So Okay. Yeah, that one's been around a while. But it's because it's that would, four. That would be a super weird it feels like would be a super weird thing to do right now. <laughs> but that's just like yeah. an old pen that's on this pen yep. chalet page. Okay. Yep. So two Jim Connors, red and blue. Mm-hmm. Um the Retro Fifty One Stardust, the Retro Fifty One Who, and the Retro Fifty One Keystone. So those are the four new ones. The just looking at the Pin Chalet page, the Stardust is already sold out, which is the Lisa Frank one that I'm calling the the unicorn. It glows in the dark. That does not surprise me whatsoever. But like, I don't know how you, you release all these and they still all sell out. I do have an inch, I have a, a random question here, Mike, and you're not going to be able to answer this. I don't I don't think. But these all have 951 um, released for each color, mm-hmm. except for the Mount Rushmore one is 958. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 all I got. So anyway, if if I'm picking out my choice, if I, I have understand. to go with one of these, is there some kind of like significance to that? That's what I'm trying to like think, but they don't they don't lay it out there, so I don't know. <laughs> Are these available yet? Yes, so as of yesterday. All right, I but think it seems it like the, um, the Stardust is expectedly sold out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you had to pick one of these, which would you and why? The Stardust. This is you think? ridiculous. I it love is it. ridiculous. And yeah. it glows in the dark. I, I really like the Who. They really love their glow in the dark this year. They, everything's they glowing in the dark. Yep. I mean, if you can, why not, right? I'm becoming a little bit frustrated. 
with what? Glow in the Dark or Retro? Retro 51. Yeah. Well, I. what's the story we're trying to tell now? Right? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And I don't know what we're doing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Like, we keep saying, okay, look at all this stuff. I guess they're going to wrap it up here soon. And then Deluge, you know, thousands more pens. Then Deluge, thousands more pens. Like, it wouldn't bother me if they just were communicating what the deal was. Because Mm. nobody, nobody needed them to communicate that they were going away when they decided to tell everyone, right? Right. Like We didn't need to know then, particularly... It was just right. when they decided to say, but then they left it open ended, then kept releasing more pens, but are not mm. talking about what the future is. I mean, this doesn't look any different than any other year. No, Retro Fifty One to me, which it's is the, fine, but it's like, yeah. can't you just like suggest what you're doing? <laughs> like, I would love to. <laughs> we'd love to know, you know. <laughs> it's it's very yeah, it's like, peculiar. At some point, is it going to end, or is we just going to keep on going with uh-huh. the you know Popper Palooza? You know, I mean, like, uh, for all spring twenty twenty one edition. Somebody else already owns the company, and they're just like pumping the new pens out. Like I don't know. Yeah. Strange. Who knows? Strange, but and anyway, it's like, you know, it's like because I get the idea. Look, look, we are not. We do not deserve anything, right? It's oh, up they don't to them. They, they can do whatever they want. But it's kind of like, to me, with these kinds of things is, I feel like you. it's like having your cake and eating it. Like, mm. Which is why I'm saying, sure. like we didn't need to be told when we were told that the company was going away. Right? Right. So I, I kind of feel like if you want to be that open, continue to be open. Yes. And tell the people that care... It what your plan is like what what is going on mm-hmm. i don't know yep no i think that's fair i i i think about it the same way as you like i i agree with that sentiment it's just like it's okay either way mm-hmm. but you know just you were that open in the beginning and now i'm just questioning everything that you do yeah <laughs> it's weird um a company i have been questioning pretty frequently um mostly been been pretty happy with the results some not so much as seeing some of the new Kaveco limited editions and I caught this Hello Kitty limited edition on Instagram so we'll put a link in the show notes I hadn't seen this before and you know I love my Kaveco special editions but I felt like some of their regional stuff where they're just doing the colors and having to put the color names on there that fell a little bit flat to me but they're more branded where they're working, like they work with a graffiti artist named Ombre, which, you know, I bought that set. And this this is a Hello Kitty branded edition for Taiwan. You know, this fits into a different category than, you know, the evergreen ones that we were seeing, you know, just for like the, you know, the, that was like a, a Dutch region um, release, you know, things like that, where they had to put the, the color name on the side. I was like, well... I don't know what we're doing here, but I love this Hello Kitty model. And they did something cool with this mic. This one is like loaded up with 
the style, the aesthetic. They have etch- extra etching on the barrel for the Hello Kitty. They have Hello Kitty on the nib. Like they've done all kinds of things with this model that Kaveco hasn't done before. This is what I want to see out of their limited editions, right? Like this, I think is like extremely cool. Now I'm not going to hunt it down and, and try to buy it. Like I don't, I don't need it that bad, but this is what I want to see. Not the, the, you know, Paladin Evergreen or whatever the, those things were the, you know, yeah. funky espresso deal. Give me the Hello Kitty every time. Right. Stuff like this though. I wonder if like part of what we like about it is because Sanrio were, involved in the design sure this is a lot of stuff on the pen i I didn't even look at the price but it's got to be expensive because they've done way more than they would normally do they're even giving you a clip and all kinds of other things but yeah i mean sanrio is not going to let this go poorly right that's not their business model when they go after this they do it all the way and you know, it's cool to see Kaveco buy into that. Like, I, I think it's cool that this brand is is getting that kind of treatment and that this kind of collaboration. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I like this. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Kaveco is an, an interesting choice for Hello Kitty, but Sanrio are very um, prolific with their mm. collaborations. I, I see a lot of people working with them to create various merch products like merchandising opportunities for the Sanrio characters because there are so yeah. many of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And we're going to talk about a, a Kaveco collaboration later that I have questions on yep. that I haven't found all the details on. But so so hold that thought. Before that, I want to talk about a tweet I got and it's always funny to see like the mainstream pin conversation when someone famous talks about the pen they use. And in this Mm -hmm. case, it was Barack Obama Mm -hmm. talking about the pen he used to write his most recent book. Um, Let me read this one little paragraph out of the full article. That's a little bit bigger than the, the snippet we have in the, in the tweet and the show notes says, Mr. Obama wrote a promised land, the first of two volumes about his presidency, much the same way he's worked on speeches in earlier books. Because he thinks the computer can lend half-baked thoughts the mask of tidiness. He writes his first drafts longhand on yellow legal pads. The act of typing it into the computer essentially becomes a first edit. He says he is very particular, Mike, about his pens, always using the black Uniball Vision Elite rollerball pens with a micropoint, and adds that he tends to do his best writing between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., I find that the world narrows and that is good for my imagination. It's almost as if there's a darkness all around and there's a metaphorical beam of light down on the desk onto the page, which is a yellow legal pad and a black Uniball Vision Elite. Really good pen choice by our former president here in the U.S. And it definitely runs in the family because Joe Biden uses the same pen so the Uniball Vision Elite is the upgraded Vision pen, which I do not like the Vision. I think it's it's not Uniball's best effort. But the Vision Elite, for some reason, is excellent. So they're actually very, very different pens, despite both carrying the Vision moniker 
and you know you think it would just be kind of the same insides a fancier barrel but i think it's a different it's a completely different writing experience it's great the micro tip vision elite is 0.5 millimeters so don't get overly excited yeah and I, it's a, I thought that was funny i was like i was looking digging around it's like is this a, does he use some kind of special version? Yeah, 0.5 is not micro. <laughs> no, and it's rollerball, so it's a wet ink, so it's going to be it's practically like a 0.7 gel pen, mm. right? At at that line width, so the micro Uniball Vision Elite is a 0.5 rollerball, so that's yep. a, still, I mean, it's a narrow line, but it's a reasonably wide line. It's probably like the uh, the Schmidt P8126 line, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's not not some tiny line, but this is great. Because I, it's funny to see the president using it, a bunch of people asking about it and wanting to know about it. And then we've definitely seen um, President Biden have the Uniball Vision Elite in his hands. And then we have Uniball breaking off into their own U.S. subsidiary. I wonder if they're going to get in on on some of this uh uh, former, former and future presidential action on the pens, you know, maybe, maybe have, uh, some kind of updated supply cabinet in the, in the future white house. So I think that's kind of funny. And we were even talking, it even comes up like in our relay slack. It's yeah, like, is this people, for real? Is this a good pen? <laughs> yeah. I felt like I did well. I answered the question and I got it mostly yeah. correct, which I was pleased about. Um, yep. This is just one of those times where like president Obama, if you need some help, will help. You know, if you want yeah, some more yeah, recommendations, yeah, yeah sure. I can help you out. I mean, I'm not gonna. If you like that pen, I think he's left-handed too. So, like that pen, like I couldn't recommend any better pen, really. Like, I'm not gonna change that to like a gel ink pen. I reckon a nice, really like that pen. A nice uh, Mark One in President Obama's hands. That's true. Know? That would think, actually probably work pretty that. well. Mm-hmm. Or the, or the Lisa Frank Retro 51, you know? Just the go for it. Glows in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Glows in the dark. <laughs> All right. We're going to hit some Ask TPA here in yep. a minute, but one more shout out. Um, I'm about three quarters of the way through listening to a wonderful interview with my friend April from the Stationary, Stationary Cafe. She introduces uh, Patrick Ng, whose name you have heard here for years. Just the very because start. I find him to be one of the most interesting stationary people on the internet. He's a stationary buyer in Hong Kong and he's got, you know, just a wonderful Instagram. He's created the Chronodex system, which a lot of people, you know, use to track, do time tracking and scheduling, things like that. And it was just a great conversation with Patrick and April let me know that um, they have a video from this where Patrick does a lot of show and tell, which you know is right up my alley. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the podcast episode and then you can follow Stationary Cafe to find out when that video drops. Because if you're like me, you'll you'll want to see it just because Patrick is into some very interesting stuff. He, throughout the, the interview, it kind of makes a lot more sense about where Patrick's like style and aesthetic comes from. That's what I always think about when I think of Patrick the most because he is someone who will take what's given to the to him and then modify it to make it his own, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always your base item and then there's always a Patrick tweak to it and you're like, yeah, that's really cool. I like what he did there. So mm-hmm. it's a great interview. Good uh, good job, April. Great hearing from Patrick. And um, yeah, y'all should definitely, definitely check that out and uh, watch for the video to come out because I bet the show and tell is going to be pretty amazing, at least uh, the way I was listening to it on the on the podcast. So very cool. 
Should we uh, dive into some OSTPA? We should. We got a good batch this week. Um, things we can uh, hopefully help out, help out with. Maybe a few other other gifts. Well, why don't you why don't you hit this first one first one up for me? All right, this comes from Seth. My sister-in-law and I got into a discussion of hobbies, and I told her about my thing with fountain pens. First, she didn't get it, but then I showed her some writing samples with Robert Oster Fire and Ice, with the sheening and the shading and the line variability, and she got it. So my question is, how do I put together an introduction to fountain pens gift? I know the traditional answer is to ease people in with starter pens, like the Pilot Metropolitan or the Lamy Safari, but I want to go in a different way. I want to get her started by wowing her with an interesting ink and the whole experience. So here are my questions. One, are there any cartridges that carry very expressive ink that could go with a starter pen? This is almost universally a no. Yeah. Because the answer is yeah, but you may not be able to match it with the pen you want, right? Like you can now get Sailor's Cool Inks in cartridge. Oh, I forgot. But they only fit Sailor's pens, right? Yeah, but even that, I don't think that's cool enough. I I, I don't think that those are the, the inks that Seth's looking for here, really, you know? Right, like I think we're looking for wild sheen or shimmer or that kind of stuff, and I I can't think of any of those in cartridges. Yeah, you're just not going to get that. Um, nor will you probably ever. It's probably just not a cost-effective type of thing. But I guess depending on know. how like dead set on this you are, um, you could just make your own cartridges. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, not the uh, greatest, yeah. so maybe you could do it, like a cartridge for a pen and fill it from a bottle. You could. You could. I just... I, I mean, it's doable, but that's always a lot. Let me like, say, though... a big I, ask. The thing is, Seth, I think that with just a little bit of demonstration, getting somebody to learn how to fill a, ink, a pen from an ink bottle is not that difficult. Nope. Like, and it, I think we covered that is, on, in part two. Yeah, we will. But I just wanted to say, like, it's more, it's daunting to people, but it's not, it's not a difficult thing at all. So Seth did anticipate this. So uh, question uh. number two is assuming that answer, the answer to number one isn't great. We're now talking about bottled ink. Personally, I find cartridge converters to be more troublesome than straight piston fillers. So what combination of piston pen and bottle ink would you recommend? I'm thinking Twisby Eco or Eco T. The demonstrator barrel will add the wow factor. I just want to say, do never discount the Twisby Go. Mm. Never discount that pen because it's super easy to fill. And (laughs) I think that its weirdness... Would be would be would be interesting or fun to a lot of people. Plus, it's cheaper. Yeah, it is cheaper. It is weirder. I'm still going with the eco. I get it. Um, but yeah, I would I would go with the eco or the eco is a better the eco is a better pen. But I just you know I, yeah. I I would just not no. I would say like think about it. You know like don't don't just be like oh uh, yeah because the go is like it's much cheaper. It's and it's nice weird and I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, and I think you can get a stub nib in that, which is what I would get if you're trying to get all of your ink yeah, you expressiveness out on 1. the page. 1.1 Yeah, stub. so I want to see a stub nib in one whichever pen you decide. I would go with the Eco. 
and then for ink mike you know trying to figure out what's that wow ink that's going to go in there this may i don't know this may not see seem to like be an awesome fit but for some reason i can't get it out of my head i think i would get like ackerman hofquartier growing number 28 the bright green ink because it shades really well it's really bright it's vibrant you know it's not you know it's not a sheen monster it's not a shimmer ink um i don't know the 1.1s and the twisbees they would do good for shimmers like i like uh diamine some of the uh the darker um the darker ink colors with the silver sparkles mm. um i can't remember the name off of, off the top of my head but i've reviewed some of those in the past in i think twisby 1.1 nibs and that's kind of like a perfect match if you want yeah that type of setup so that's kind of what i'd be leaning towards you know either some bright shading ink which i like like the huff Gordier growing or the diamine or robert oster shimmer inks in any color that you think would do well and those look great in those clear barrels too right with the you get to see the shimmer and everything kind of floating around in there and you get to see it settle down and then you can shake it back up so it's good yeah there's something fun to that the shimmer ink stuff i think is um is interesting to people because i don't think you would think that it would exist or that it would be good. Like, that was always my hang-up, yeah. right? Well, I like, mean, it wasn't okay, always. It wasn't always, but it is really technically come a long way Yeah. F- as far as quality and performance and ability to clean and, yep. and all of those things. It's like it's essentially just using, like, your basic blue or black ink now is how good those inks are. Yeah, the, the shimmer inks are an interesting proposition for a thing like this because it's something which you can say to people like, look, you can do this. You can't do this any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, I you know you can get gel, in, gel inks with glitter in and stuff, but they're just not going to look this good, you know, because it's, right. it's also like variance in color. And I really do agree that a stub nib is a good, good option here. Stub nibs are really easy to use and mm-hmm. they're thick lines, which I always think is really good for people who are beginning. Um, and it will also give the, the maximum impact for the ink that you're using. Like I think something that a lot of people might fall into is, you know, in, if you're not using a, a thick nib, you're not going to get the benefit out of a lot of these shimmery inks. You got to put a lot of ink on the page to really get yep. the maximum benefit, like the maximum impact, which is why you'll always see every single uh, shimmery ink pr- on a product page. If it's not a swatch, they're using like, a dip nib or a music nib or whatever because otherwise it just won't photograph well. Yep, exactly. And Twisby luckily makes some of like the the most receptive stub nibs and easy to use stub nibs. Yep, some of my favorites. The last point is how would your answer to number two change if I tell you that she's left-handed? For me, not at all. Yeah, no. Just just let, let your sister know that she might get a bit messy, but that's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. That it's just much to take a bit of practice. That's all. I use all of this stuff myself. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't change at all. I would. You know, you you are at some point gonna have to think about the paper you're using, right? Like that mm. comes in combination with the pen and the ink. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting something like Rodi or Clairefontaine, you're gonna be in good shape for that. Um, just know that there's gonna be some dry time. Um, that you're you you. 
if you want the full effect of the ink, you're going to have to choose a paper that's a little bit slower drying than normal, right? To get those, all of the characteristics of the ink out there. So that's just something to be considerate of when you're thinking about that, especially if you're left-handed, but I wouldn't change the That's where the the left-handed, right-handed imbalance begins there, but Mm -hmm. it is something Mm -hmm. worth remembering. This episode is also brought to you by Harry's. The holiday season is fast approaching, an almost breakneck pace, it feels like. Um, I have a a widget on my home screen from the new Widgetsmith update, which I put a countdown timer, and I think it's like 15 days or something Mm. like that right now, which is, you know, it's it's coming up. It's coming up real, real fast. Uh, It means it's time to start thinking about still. I mean, I know I'm still doing my holiday shopping. I'm sure many people out there still are. So you'd love some great ideas. Things that aren't just those boring, cliche gifts. This holiday season, why not get that special person something they'll actually use and appreciate every single day? Something practical, useful, and of excellent quality. And this is where a Harry's Holiday Shave set can save the day and provide you with an excellent gift idea this season. This is a practical gift that they will want to use every day because Harry's makes sharp blades really last. They are award-winning, engineered in Germany, and backed by a 100% quality guarantee. If the recipient does not love their first shave, you can get a full refund for it. Harry's is the gift that keeps on giving because their blade refills are as low as $2 each, so you're going to be saving the recipient money as well. Isn't that great? Mm. Harry's holiday shave sets come ready to gift in awesome packaging, which is a it features a handsome holiday themed gift box. And you can go that extra step too if you really care about the person you're gifting to by custom engraving the handle. That is like a little detail, but it really adds to the overall experience. And you can do that very easily with Harry's. And you can feel great about the gift that you're giving because you will know that 1% of each sale is donated to charitable organizations as well. Brad Dowdy, can you talk about why uh, Harry's is such a great gift idea? Well, apparently I'm on the Harry's nice list, Mike, because I got the holiday gift set again Look, this year. You yeah. can you can know. consider that as a gift from Harry's and me because I mm. got them to send it to you. Is it? Is it really? Okay. Yeah, it's a gift from the yeah. both of us. Okay. Well, th- well, thank you, Harry's, and maybe Mike. But and me. it's a uh, very pretty gift box this year. It's kind of like a, a you know candy cane, pepperminty theme, stripe red and pink stripes, and the handle is a chrome handle. It's like a Jack Frost handle. It's like a chrome for the handle. Razor. And, yeah, for the razor, it's got like uh, these slate blue kind of grip areas on there. It's really, really pretty. It's really nice. Very, uh, very wintry looking, very uh, gifty looking and a great gift box. I mean, you really can't go wrong with that. It's uh, it's so cool and it's a good deal. This holiday season, new customers can get $5 off plus free shipping on any Harry's limited edition holiday shave set when you go to harrys.com slash Pen Addict. This set comes with a that weighted handle, three razor cartridges, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover, all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Don't just give socks this year. Don't just give something boring like a belt. Delight that person in your life with Harry's. To claim your $5 off plus free shipping, go to harrys.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM trying to take credit for harry's gifts to me come on it's true look i could say hey send it to me but i'm like no send it to brad 
And when you use the Harry's gift set up, like when you use the razor or you gift it, but sometimes, you know, you do keep them for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've given a bunch of these away. The box is, is an awesome pencil and stationary box. box. Just, it's really good. (laughs) That's what I use them for. They're great. Okay. So, uh, Ree Thornton asks, this might be too late for the gift guide episode, but wondering if you have any recommendations for A5 ish notebooks that include some coloring pages like mandalas, but are 80% lined paper and fountain pen friendly. This is very particular. My giftee has been looking and finding only ones that are too heavy on coloring. This is a crazy question. Yeah. This is, it took me, it took me a little bit, wi- little bit. Uh, to figure out what was going on here, but I think that's really what they're asking for. So mostly a notebook, but a portion of the notebook should be coloring pages, like pre, you know, pre-designed coloring pages, not pages for you to do your own coloring, right? But we should have like some, you know, adult coloring pages as part of the journal. And I haven't seen anything that's been set up this way that I could think of, which is why I like to ask these questions publicly to see has anyone seen something like this that I could pass on because I, you know, racking my brain, it's, this is one of those things where it's, it's all one way or all the other. There's no really split notebooks for part journal, part coloring pages, right. That, that I can think of. No, it's, it feels like I love the idea. Yeah. Like that would be cool, but I just don't know that anyone has brought that to the table that I can that I have seen. So, I want to put that out there for the listeners. If you've seen, you know, this this type of setup that's majority notebook, journal, planner, something like that and then contains, you know, a portion of pages mm. for coloring that are, you know, pre-drawn that you can just you work on your coloring on. Uh, let me know. I, I'm very interested to see if if that product exists. Yeah, I I th- I think for me, I'm just not sure why you need them all in the same book. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. It's not me, right? This isn't my thing. Right. And if you're looking for a gift, like if I was doing this, like if I really wanted this, right? I'd have my A5 notebook and I have my coloring books. And I always cut pages out of my coloring books anyway. I could just grab like one or two drawings, fold them in half, stick them in the back of my notebook for when I wanted to to do that. The other thing is that like the coloring pages being fountain pen friendly, that's even, that might be the hardest ask of all because almost universally the coloring pages are not fountain pen friendly. Tough question. I like it. Yep. Feber asks, how do you feel about Kaveco partnering with Queen's Gambit on Netflix? I think it's a terrific station. I think it's terrific that stationary brand is involved in popular culture. What's going on here? I don't know. I think it's amazing, it. and I couldn't find a link to save my life. So I asked Fibber to send me a link because I was looking. I thought I could be able to search that pretty easily, right? But there, I couldn't find any link to that. Um, I watched the Queen's Gambit and. Don't recall her using anything other than like Parker Jotters. I know were pretty common outside of the pencils they used at the chess tables, um, which I, I didn't see what brand. I didn't see if there was any Kaveco. I like I certainly couldn't find any Kaveco PR hmm. or 
any direct collaboration. Like I could see a pin like the student, the Kaveco student models that are more of that, you know, 1960s era shape and style as opposed to like the sports and things, right? Those really aren't um, that era, but like this, the student models um, would hit what that is. So I'm going to keep looking for the links. If anyone has any links on that, I'd love to see it because I'm obviously a huge Kaveco fan and we really, really enjoyed the Queens game. But did you watch that? I haven't yet, but it's on our list. Yeah, it's a, it's a great watch because right now it's only seven episodes is the full season. And, you know, they're all about an hour long. So it's very bingeable, very rewatchable, um, just really, really well done. And, um, yeah, I'll have to uh, keep hunting down the Kaveco stuff because I spent some time looking for it yesterday and I couldn't find anything. I noticed you put something in yeah. for this. I thought, oh, well, Mike found it. And it's like, nope, no, I found but something, it's something else. else. It's so very cool, though. Nicole Carpenter, um, who is a writer uh, at Polygon, did a similar thing where they went through the crown and mm-hmm. spotted all the pens that are used in the crown and mm-hmm. uh, provided images along with the, the work that, they, that Nicole did. So uh, Nicole spotted Parker, Conway Stewart, Pelican, Caveco, and more. Um, I really, whoever's doing this, so like mm-hmm. if, if uh, it is for some reason, uh, Caveco is somewhere in Queen's Gambit, I think it just shows that someone at Netflix is really paying attention <laughs> to pens. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I forget if it was season one or two of The Crown, seeing the queen right with a pelican like really threw me for a loop. Yeah. It's like, you know, why isn't it a, a Conway Stewart or even a Parker, even though the Parkers are American, that was just a more traditional style. It, it threw me for a loop seeing the uh, the pelicans in there, but they were they were pretty commonplace um, in there. So yeah, I, I mean, I love this stuff, right? I'm we always talk about just, you know, figuring out what pen, you know, Obama was using to write his book. Like this stuff interests me and uh, interests uh, our listeners. And I, I just find it fascinating. And yeah, there's there's a bunch of bunch of cool pictures here. And um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Keep sending, keep sending those, keep asking those. We get those, I get those all the time. And hey, what pen is this person using here? And um, most of the time we can figure it out. It's pretty funny. All right, next up comes from uh, Benja, who asks, any chance of a shout-out on the show to help support the wonderful Penn Museum? Would love for you still to be able to visit it when you get over to the UK for a trip. Yeah, have you heard about this, Mike? Uh, the, I think the we've Penn spoken Museum about it before. We've spoken about it before. I think every year they, year they do a fundraiser. And this year for, um, I can't remember if I've donated to them in the past, but my quarterly... Um, Penatic members uh, donation is due up this month. I'm going to send uh, $250 to Pen Museum in the UK to help them keep uh, running. It's really, really neat um, writing collection at the museum and uh, it's a really cool space. And I'm just, uh, I wanted to give this a shout out uh, for anyone who might be interested in taking a look at this and figuring out how to, you can support them. And when we're traveling again, going to make a, a, a visit uh, up in Birmingham, Michael. Mm-hmm. Birmingham, Brad. Birmingham. Sorry. There Birmingham. you go. Much better. Much better. I should, I should know that. I was like, Birmingham, I, I'm, I'm England. decent. Yeah. I, the only thing is I'm a little close to Birmingham, Alabama, so mm-hmm. you get a little bit wrecked that way, but it's I'm definitely more in the, of the, the Birmingham camp. Maybe start calling it Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> well, Alabama. we can't even decide if it's Houston or Houston here, so like, who am I huh. to say? Hmm. Yeah, that's the whole thing. 
Garrick asks, have you made a top five pencil sharpeners list anywhere, manual or electric? Do you even have a top five for this category? I, I could definitely come up with a top five. The problem with the top five of this one, it would be like this really disparate, disjointed, disconnected list where I would list, you know, like a pretty simple handheld plastic sharpener, which is going to be one of my recommendations to Garrick here in a second, right next to something like a $30 highly fidgety, you know, keychain size Pollux sharpener, right? There's a lot of solutions depending on your level of pencil nerdery to to come up with a sharpener. But I, I think I don't need a top five because there's kind of two that I recommend the most. So the one I use the most is a desktop model called the Uni KH20. We've talked about this a million times on here. It is, I found it to be the best desktop sharpener mm-hmm. um, for me, for my family. The kids use it. I use it. Um, the other choice there is generally the classroom-friendly sharpeners, which I also have one as well. I, I tend to find the KH20 a little bit better for me, even though the classroom-friendly gives it a little bit sharper point. Um or a little bit longer point, I guess I should say. It it tends to like mark up the barrel when you sharpen it, so it's it's a little bit more fussy than the KH20. They're not cheap; they're like thirty bucks. But I've had this one for years, and I swear by it. Like I don't want another desk sharpener to replace it. It's that good. For a handheld slash portable sharpener, I really think you can't go wrong with the Coom Two Step Sharpener. It's just kind of the best portable option it has you know a place to hold the pencil shaving shavings until you can get to it's like a trash can to dump them out it's got you know the long point sharpener so you put it in the 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 phase one you know sharpening hole and you know sharpen up the barrel then you put it in the little smaller hole to sharpen up the graphite core and it's kind of the sharpener that all the two-step sharpeners use as a base, right? So you can get the Blackwing models of this, but the standard Coom is like half the price, right? And it's essentially the same sharpener, a little bit different shell, but same internals, um, different internals. I mean, same internals, different externals. So, um, you know, there's the handhelds are where you can get into trouble spending like 20 and 30 dollars on handheld sharpeners and i wouldn't do that until you kind of know what you like first because you can get some really specialty type of handheld sharpeners that cost as much as the desktop sharpener but that's never ones i recommend on the front end like the the coom masterpiece or the pollux you know those are like 20 and 30 dollar handheld sharpeners but i i wouldn't go there first all right um Mad Owl fans asks, this is, yeah. I love I loved the way this question unfolds. What mechanical pencil would you recommend for a cable news host? I wonder which one they could be referring to. <laughs> I think the obvious answer is a Rotring 600, but I might be overlooking something. I, I love this question because I genuinely put a lot of thought into this, right? I was like thinking, I was like, well, if they're going to be using it at the desk on TV, right? Let's just say, for example, Rachel Maddow. Um, why would you, you know, first, think that? She popped into my head. I don't know why. <laughs> just popped into my head. Okay. And they're sitting there at the desk and, you know, mostly reading from teleprompters and screens and 
you know, there's always papers and pens and, you know, just a little bit of fidgeting stuff going on there. I think the Rotring 600 would not be even remotely the best choice because it's a little thin. I want a, I want a dense, bigger, more dense pencil if I'm doing this. A little more showy, even though, like, you and I think, like, the design of the Rotring 600 is kind of perfect. It is in, like, a classical engineering sense. I don't know if that should be the TV pencil. I think if you're going to go with that, I think the Rotring 800 would be a better TV flashy type of pencil because it's got the gold trim, it's got the retractable, you know, lead pipe. But there was only one pencil I could think about when I was coming up with an answer for this question. It's one that I use regularly. And it's really, really underrated. It's one I enjoy very much, but the Platinum Pro Use 171, specifically in 0.9 millimeters. Mm -hmm. So again, with the Rotring, you would at least want a 0.7 millimeter. Like if you're a TV host, you need to write, that's why they use Sharpies, right? Because they're big and bold and they can see them without having to strain their eyes. And a pencil, that you know, that's a challenge with a pencil, especially if you're writing with a 0.5 millimeter pencil. So you can get this nice, gorgeous, bulky, Platinum Pro use, nine millimeters. It looks killer. It feels amazing. Um, I don't know. I'm just a super fan of this pencil. It doesn't get enough love. And uh, I think that's the pencil that Rachel Maddow should use. If if it just happened to be her. That was curious. Final question comes from Michael Canavino, who asks, any tips for troubleshooting your writing? That is, if you don't like your handwriting, is it just a matter of changing the variables, like pen, paper, for example? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always shape, right? When I get frustrated, I get frustrated with shapes, so I try to fix my shapes. But that's individual letters or numbers. Now, Michael seems to be talking about the more broader, you know, the 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 totality of writing on a page, a lot of times the pen is the problem, which you find with gel ink pens and rollerball pens up to fountain pens, right? So depending on your writing style and the way I describe it and the way I've described it a lot of times in my block writing style, mm. I need a pen that has an edge to it, right? The edges of my line have to be sharp. That's why rounded tip standard pens like gel or rollerball or rounded tip fountain pens like a medium pelican nib with rounder tipping do not make my handwriting look as nice compared to extra fine finer nibs or nibs that might be drier like on a drawing pen you know those felt tip pens those keep a sharp edge even though they're bigger and rounder tips they have a sharp edge because they're not putting a ton of ink necessarily on the page. So like I've determined that if I can have two pens side by side, I can totally tell my handwriting looks better with one certain type of pen than the other. So that is changing those variables and figuring out what works the best for your style of handwriting. Now, if I was a cursive handwriter, those rounded tip pens might work better for me you know, it might make my handwriting flow a little bit better. So general handwriting tips for people looking to improve your handwriting in general, not just specific letters like I tend to do, is slow down and 
extend your letters. Like you want to have some length to the letters and the words. That gives you a better idea of what's working for you. Um, as opposed to like going really fast and writing in really small confined areas. Even if my handwriting's small, I can still expand that small handwriting lengthwise and that makes it look a little bit better. I'm not talking about like cartoonish extremes, right? I'm just talking about like a little, little bit. And, you know, that's one way you can see what's working for you. And then if you figure that out, then you start dabbling in, okay, maybe I like 0.38 millimeter gel pens and, you know, stub nib fountain pens or a fine nib fountain pen, whatever it is to work better with your particular handwriting. But, but I definitely, I will get out a bunch of pens and I can tell like this one's good for my handwriting. This one's bad for my handwriting. This one's good. This one's bad. Um, the, the paper and the ink don't matter as much in this exact scenario. Overall, they do matter. But in this exact scenario, I'm going to have a bigger frustration with the style of pen I'm using. If it doesn't match what my handwriting strokes are like. In a nutshell, like my uh, read on this question is just practice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's the only way to fix it, right? Once you figure out, okay, I have the right tools now to get better, the the only handwriting fix is practice. It's I, Mine has always been mimicry, and you just practice, you know, finding a handwriting style you like and mimicking the the letters and shapes mm-hmm. until, you, uh, until it becomes your muscle memory. And... Um, it comes faster than you think if you commit to it. All right. I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. Brad, if uh, listeners want to send in Ask TPA questions for future episodes, what's the best way to do that? Two ways. Email me, hello, at penaddict.com, or on Twitter, use the hashtag AskTPA, and we will collect those and uh, answer them for you here on the show. We love having the questions. Uh, it was a great group of questions today, and thank you, everyone, for sending them in. If you want to find Brad online, you can go to penaddict.com. He's also Dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. Brad, are you streaming at the moment? Uh, I'm a. I am probably not streaming at all this week. Um, on top of my wrist, I threw out my back, um, so I haven't been <laughs> a picture of health and wanted to sit behind the computer. Um, but we'll see. I might be streaming uh, Thursday this week, but I will let everyone know tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be streaming on Saturday this week on the 12th. Um, It's going to be at 9 Pacific, 12 Eastern, 5 p.m. GMT. So it's going to be 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern. I'm going to be building a keyboard called the Think 6.5, which is a keyboard that I've had since September and have been waiting to build my skills up before I tackled it. Um, so I'm very excited about that. So you can join me then where I'm going to be doing a full-on keyboard build at mic.live. Uh, thank you so much to Harry's and ExpressVPN for their support of this show. But most of all, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.